Welcome to episode 29 of Tandem with the Random, an open format podcast featuring interviews with interesting people doing interesting things. This is your host, Brian Kelly. I guess a couple years ago, actually my wife was, was pregnant, um, I just was sort of writing these songs that were, um, you know, noticeably different from the, the previous stuff that I was working on. So it's going to be yeah, a little more in the, the folk vein, you know, it's, it's a little softer, but, uh, uh, you know, interesting, some different sounds that I kind of played around with. That was my friend singer-songwriter Christian Beach discussing what you can expect to hear on his upcoming second solo album, The Road Less Traveled. Due to some recent constraints on my time, I wasn't able to get a fresh interview for this episode. However, Christian came on as a guest of my other podcast, Technology and the Arts, which I co-host with John Lamasney, back in late September of last year, so I'm repurposing an edited version of that chat for this podcast. You'll hear Christian talk about his latest musical activities and more, as well as hear a performance of one of his newer songs. We'll hear that interview with Christian in just a bit. First, I'd like to share a few random thoughts. I guess I'll start out with a quick update on my training for the Atlantic City Triathlon, which is taking place in September. I'm regularly swimming a mile in the pool now, and I'm doing it two or three times a week. I most recently completed 72 laps in about 40 minutes, so I'm making pretty good progress with my time and covering that distance. Unfortunately, that last time out, I also strained my left shoulder a bit, and that was only eight laps into those 72. So I did that mile in 40 minutes mostly with my right arm. And a couple of days later, I started wondering if it's a condition stemming from when I broke my left clavicle in a bicycling accident back when I was in high school. Over the years, I would strain it or feel pain in that shoulder, but thought it was because of a fresh injury, uh, something I did to it each time. But now I'm wondering if it's possible that my clavicle, which I know didn't heal exactly right, the doctors said something to that effect. I wonder if it's playing a role in this. Like maybe my shoulder joint isn't fully supported because of the way the clavicle healed. Maybe it makes it more susceptible to strains, etc. I don't know. But the pain is closer to where my clavicle protrudes a bit rather than in my actual shoulder. So that's why I thought of it. Anyway, that got me to thinking about my bike accident all those years ago and remembered that it came just a few days after I had been cleared to resume physical activity from a broken right wrist I suffered during gym class a few months earlier. And on that day, I broke my right wrist in gym class. Just a couple of hours earlier, in English class, my teacher gave us some kind of writing assignment that was due the next day, something like a take-home essay exam. He actually said something to the effect of, I don't care if you're in the hospital tonight. The paper is due tomorrow. Well, I ended up in the hospital that afternoon, and I had to keep my right wrist, now in a cast, elevate it for the next 24 hours or something like that. After I got home, I rested and woke up super early, like 3 or 4 in the morning, and proceeded to type out with just my left hand and my right hand elevated over my head the writing assignment on a crappy typewriter we had. I had finished the assignment that morning, and my mom brought the paper to school and to my English teacher. And of course, my English teacher said some things in the class about how I wasn't there and didn't turn in the assignment And then when my mom showed up after the class and gave him the paper and explained what had happened, he kind of felt like an ass. And so that made me feel good as I was home with my arm in a cast. But anyway, uh, that made me think about something I've always wondered about. 
and I believe the writing assignment had either a page or word count requirement. And this is what I don't understand, and I don't know if things have changed since I went to school. I doubt it. But why do teachers give out writing assignments where a certain number of words or pages are required? Sure, it encourages students to expand upon certain ideas in their writing. But doesn't it also encourage you to write a bunch of unnecessary filler, too? I mean, if you can provide a thoughtful, complete answer in 250 words, but the assignment requires 500 words, you're just adding 250 words of nonsense to what may have been a perfectly written composition. Shouldn't clarity and brevity be valued more over quantity of words? Those are probably my two weakest points as a writer. If anything, I would think setting page or word limits for school writing assignments would foster more focused, concise, and, let's face it, better writing. And yes, somehow my mind went from thinking about my shoulder injury in the pool the other day to page count and word count requirements in high school writing assignments. I don't know. That's just how my mind works sometimes. After this short musical break, we'll hear from singer-songwriter Christian Beach. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Tandem with the Random podcast at tandemwiththerandom.com. My friend and former bandmate, singer-songwriter Christian Beach... Join me and John Lamazny on our Technology in the Arts webcast back on September 30th, 2013. I was introduced to Christian by a former mutual friend of ours back in high school in the late 1980s. The three of us were in a band that went nowhere. A short time later, Christian and I became interested in electronic music and began collaborating on what was then called New Age. At that time, we were introduced to a rapper from Asbury Park, New Jersey, who wanted to have live musicians backing him up. Instead, he got me, Christian, and our array of synthesizers, samplers, sequencers, and drum machines. As I often say, it was like Run DMC meets Depeche Mode. And even though we played a few gigs, including some shows at the much-loved and now-long-gone Green Parrot Rock Club in Neptune, New Jersey, and came up with some interesting songs now and then, we just didn't know what we were doing at the time. I left the group, and eventually I reconnected with Christian when I learned about a show he was playing with his new band, Slave of Id, in 1992. Christian went on to form two other bands, Artists That Kill, which was essentially a retooled version of Slave of Id, and Ton of Bricks, before finally setting out on his own as a singer-songwriter influenced by artists such as Bob Dylan, Hank Williams Sr., and the band. In 2009, he released his first solo CD, simply titled Christian Beach which went on to be ranked as one of the top 100 albums released by New Jersey artists between 2001 and 2010 in Gary Ween's 2011 book, Are You Listening? Five years after the release of that self-titled solo debut album, Christian is finally close to releasing his follow-up CD. In addition, Christian's cover of Yoko Ono's Silver Horse, which includes yours truly on accordion, will be included on Cut Pieces, a tribute to Yoko Ono, which is expected to be released by Main Man Records in the first half of 2014. Without further ado, here is an edited version of Christian Beach's interview with me and John Lamazny 
for the September 30th, 2013 edition of our Technology in the Arts webcast, followed by a performance by Christian of one of his newer songs. Enjoy. So we covered uh, your, you know, a little bit of your musical past and lead in. Uh, so why don't we start out by you sharing with our viewers and our podcast listeners uh, how you made the transition from the band environment to solo singer songwriter and some of your influences in what you're doing now. Yeah, I don't know. The band having a band was more of just a convenience for me to uh, to write songs and have the band, you know, perform them. Um, I would always butt heads up against, you know, my bandmates. Uh, uh, not you, Brian, of course, but, uh, you know, it's funny because... But, but we did. <laughs> There's video evidence. In the comical slapstick manner, not... You're not, not playing somebody. <laughs> but uh, you're actually uh, one of the, really the only songwriter that I've, uh, you know, wrote songs with. And that was back in our teenage years. Yeah. Um, so, you know, since then, uh, you know, I always wrote on my own. Um, you know, I, I never was one to really, uh, you know, be uh, part of a, you know, d- democracy. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I just, I just feel that, uh, you know, I uh, like to write the songs, perform them the way I want to perform them. Um, I know that's you know, that might be considered, well, you know, why. Why don't you want other people to contribute? But, you know, being in bands, that was kind of the common theme, common thread for me. So I figured, why have a band when I can just do it myself? Um, also, I, I wanted to kind of get back more into uh, songwriting in more of a classical sense. So I guess back since you know, the early 2000s, I was really uh, digging into, uh, you know, Bob Dylan's back catalog, um, Hank Williams' catalog, uh, Towns Van Zandt, you know, some of the classic songwriters, um, you know, folk country vein. So, uh, you know, kind of just stem from that, really. Cool. So even though your sound became more stripped down uh, when you started working on your own, you know, it was, you still are surrounded by technology in, in mm-hmm. terms of your home studio and social media and, you know, everything else that's mm-hmm. really allowed you to do your own thing. Yeah, I think extent. it allows everybody really to do their own thing. Um, uh I wouldn't necessarily um, suggest that everybody goes and uh, records their own music because, you know, it, it, you do need time to experiment. You need to, you need to hone your craft, not from a songwriting point of view, but more from a, um engineering uh, side of things. So a lot of people will, will just take hey, it, uh, you know, get Pro Tools Light or whatever, you know, uh, Logic or whatever, you know, the garage band and uh, record your demo, but a lot of times it just kind of sounds like a demo. So um, if you really want to go in that direction, if you want to go down that path, you do have to spend some time. You know, it's like the, uh, you know, the outliers, 10,000 hours thing. <laughs> you know, you have to spend a lot of time to uh, really get into it, learn the plugins, learn the, learn the program, or just, you know, uh, just kind of build a, uh, cultivate your own sort of craft out of it. Uh, so that's what I've been doing for years. Mm-hmm. You know, I started out, but my the, the first recordings I did weren't very good at all. Um, they were, you know, um, pretty pretty inferior when you compare them to you know commercial recordings. But over time, they started getting better. I started to experiment more and kind of uh, get the sound that I want um, out of out of technology. So I think that's kind of the uh, the most important thing. You know, is just uh, uh, instead of technology running you, you know, to uh, leverage it. You know. Uh, to, to get the best sound. Cool. 
All right, so let's talk about your recent musical activities. And since I played accordion on the track, I know you have recorded a cover of Yoko Ono's Silver Horse for an upcoming Yoko Ono tribute album uh, that's being released by Main Man Records. How did that come about, and when can we expect to see that release? Uh, I am I am waiting uh, as, as patiently as you are, actually. Um, I, I spoke to uh, Tony Donato. Tony Donato was uh, in a band called Jack Bragg. And he is actually the executive producer of the uh, the tribute. I do have a little bit of news. I guess I can divulge the title of it. Um, he said that was okay. If not, Me Man Records is going to um, pay me a visit. Uh, but it's cut, it's called Cut Pieces, a tribute to Yoko Ono. Um, apparently, there's going to be some surprise guests on here. Um, so it uh, should be a, should be a great compilation record. I'm looking forward to it. Our, our track, I think, came out really well. Yeah, it did. It's uh... And it's a really what you did with it, you know, from the original is 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 amazing. Yeah, especially when uh, you know the original uh, Yoko's original version, um, it's uh, unique, you know, in its own way. So to kind of put a, a, a different spin on it, um, you know, it's funny because there are several artists who have covered that song, mm-hmm. some pretty prominent artists, um, uh, Paul Simon did a version of it actually with Harper Simon, his son. Um, I'm not sure if there's a recorded version, but it was a live edition. And then Harry Nilsson uh, right. recorded a version, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't think our version was anything like those two. So, uh, yeah, I think at the very least it's, you know, it's it's unique. It's going to be the new definitive version of Silver Horse. Yes. So, you know, we, we definitely set the bar for this song. You know, I know there's going to be a million of other artists who want to cover this song, but... Yeah. It was uh, it was a, it was it was a great time recording it. Um, it was to to arrange it in, in that way, and uh, he did a great job of accordion there. The, uh, uh, accordion maestro Brian Kelly. <laughs> so you yeah, not, not exactly, but um, getting back to your 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 very excellent music these days. Um, oh, thank you. you know, your, your first self-titled solo CD came out in 2009. And I've heard a good deal of the material you've written since then. Uh, when can we expect the long-awaited follow-up? Well, I actually, uh, it's, it's almost ready. Um, it's probably going to be eight or nine songs. I kind of whittled it down. Um, it's different, I think, from the material that you heard, Brian, although there, there's a couple songs that I redid that I re-recorded uh, for, the, for the new one. So when I was, this was, I guess, a couple years ago. Actually, my wife was, was pregnant. Um, I just was sort of writing these songs that were, um, you know, noticeably different from the, the previous stuff that I was working on, and I just kind of went with it. So I came up with about, you know, eight or nine songs that I recorded, and uh, so it's it's going to be you know, a little more in the the folk vein. Um, you know, it's it's a little softer, but uh, uh, you know, interesting, some different sounds that I kind of played around with. Cool. Can't wait to hear it. Christian, did you ever consider doing anything with, like, a Kickstarter campaign in order to uh, fund or even generate support for your production? Yeah, I've never looked into it seriously, but I know a lot of people have had, had some great success with it. Yeah, yeah it I, seems like it's an amazing, you know, methodology for generating funds for supporting exactly the kind of work that you're doing. Yeah, I should definitely look into that, uh, you know, further, you know, just for the, 
you know, from, I mean, as far as the, the recording part of it, you know, pretty much have that covered, but for, you know, getting the music released, you know, of course that, you know, takes money and not a whole lot of money these days, but it does, and it does take some, but um, yeah, I, that's something I, I would definitely, you know, consider in the future. Um, you know, a lot of mainstream artists are doing that now just because, you know, there's no such thing as a, uh, a recording budget anymore, you know, and the way music is, um, you know, the way music is marketed, you know, through social media and, and uh, you know, through, through iTunes and, and, you know, Spotify, all that's a you know, whole other story. But, uh, you know, the physical product isn't as important anymore. Um, right. You know, once you get to a certain level, maybe, you know, maybe it is or at least to have, you know, some physical, you know, CDs. But for the most part, I mean, I find myself downloading, you know, most of the music. Um, you know, I, I do still like to listen to vinyl and, and you know, collect vinyl when I can. Um, but as far as, uh, you know, as far as new music goes, um, I mean, I, I just downloaded the new, uh, another self portrait, uh, from Bob Dylan. Um, I wanted to get the, um, part of the bootleg series. I wanted to get the actual product, but I'm like, ah, you know, I was, I was, uh, out in the back by the pool and, uh, had my, had my iPhone. I'm like, I need some new music. I'm just going to download it. So I downloaded it and it was, it was there, you know? So yeah, that's definitely not going away. You know, um, and it's interesting to see kind of these these hybrid approaches where people are uh, putting out you know vinyl um, and and also having the uh, you know, downloadable feature, which is which is pretty interesting because you can't be vinyl as a physical medium. You know, um, so there's some definitely some interesting interesting new, not new I guess, but interesting uh, you know marketing ideas coming out from you know from independent artists. Yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, so I'm, I'm not going to keep you too much longer, and thank you for the interview. It was uh, it was nice to have a live guest. Yeah, I'm, home in my, I'm home in my basement, you know. Yep, so am I. You know, sitting here in my boxers. You know, everything is. Um, well, uh, would you would you uh, are you, would you care to perform? If are you ready to do that? Are you prepared to do? Well, that? I have a guitar in my hand. I don't know if I'm oh, ready, okay. but, but I do have an instrument in hand. Okay, that'd be great if if you could play something for us. I'll play you. This is uh, a song off the, the new CD that's coming out. Uh, it's called Divide and Conquer. I shouldn't have signed my name on the contract. Thank you. 
Actually, love that song. I you played that at one of the shows at the Saint. Uh, yeah, that I was at. Yeah, I got that on the uh, the recording. There's a couple of uh, cool things that I did in the uh, recorded version. So I'll send it to you shortly. Cool, cool. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful piece. Thank you so much for coming and sharing. Oh, anytime, John. It's uh, thank you guys for inviting me. Really appreciate it. To find out more about Christian Beats or anything else I talked about in this episode, be sure to click on the links in the show notes on the blog. Remember to stay up to date with the podcast. Please keep an eye on tandemwiththerandom.com. Follow us on Twitter at TWTR Podcast. Like Tandem with the Random on Facebook. 
or join Tandem with the Randoms Google Plus Circle for the latest information and show updates. Until next time, this is Brian Kelly. Take care. and views expressed by the host of Tandem with the Random are not necessarily shared by guests of the program. Conversely, the thoughts and views expressed by guests of the podcast are not necessarily shared by the host. For more information and show notes for the podcast you have just heard, please visit Tandem with the Random on the web at tandemwiththerandom.com.